0: Hello, hello. I am Vina and I am your Dark Travels hostess. Tonight. (laughs) Road trip with the panda. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) Tonight, we're actually going to take the path less traveled, if you will. And we are discussing the topic of haunted and cursed paintings. You know, sometimes certain paintings just get bad juju attached to it, whether it's accurate or not. But time always tells whether or not there is something legitimately sinister or there is some sort of legitimate sinister history with a painting. So tonight we're going to talk about some creepy ass paintings.
1: Yes. I mean, most of them are creepy anyways. No matter how you look at it. Most Well yeah. It's just someone paints his, paints faces and they just stare at you. It's weird. You put something on your wall that stares back at you?
0: Well eh. You've been you've been to several well known museums. Yes. The Met. The Louvre. The Louvre and the Tate and there's another famous British museum that I think your wonderful mother took you to.
1: Sure. Oh, yes. Yes. I think it's called the British Museum. I think it's literally called the British Museum.
0: Yes. So, yes. So you've kind of seen international museums, famous paintings. The Mona Lisa being...
1: The Mona Lisa. Being... One of them. Two feet wide, three inches tall. It's not (laughs) two feet.
0: It's not two feet. It's very small. But she's cursed, I think, in a different way. She beguiles people with her no eyebrows,
1: right? And people just want to steal and kill for her.
0: Well, correct. Pillage. Did you, do you do you know she actually has her own she's mailbox?
1: Got a, she has her own mailbox. She
0: gets fan mail.
1: What do people say?
0: I have no idea. But the Louvre has a mailbox for her.
1: Wow, so. sounds like a very human thing to do to love an inanimate, inanimate object.
0: Well, I I mean, children love their teddy bears.
1: It's true, but I don't send a I don't send a letter back to my teddy bear.
0: <laughs> Dear Teddy, that one time you did something that really pissed me off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well you know Mona Lisa's I mean it's it's you know, it's all talk. I I'm not I wasn't underwhelmed when I saw it, but I was a little
0: Unimpressed.
1: I mean i I I could have never done it. I mean, all those paintings you see at the Louvre and everything else—you, I, I would never be able to do that. So it takes real skill to do what they do. Correct. But you know, you see it in movies and everything's glorified in stories and rumors, and you, know, you get there, and it's just this little stamp, little, yeah. Kind of. It's not very big.
0: People have been known to wait up to six hours in line to just stand two or three feet from her. I think that's. Uh, a little absurd, but
1: I mean, there's a lot of paintings out there that people, you know, gush about.
0: Correct, but I mean, I think the Mona Lisa's been stolen. I
1: it's been people have been killed for. It's been stolen and everything. I mean, I, some I... paintings just aren't worth it, especially the ones we're gonna talk about.
0: <laughs> I know <laughs> the cursed and the haunted. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Sure. I'll tell I'll tell
1: one of my my stories. So the first one, well, it's actually kind of a. It's not just one. It's like I want I wouldn't say mass produced, but it was produced variants of. So right after World War Two, a artist by the an Italian artist named Bruno Amario. Amario.
0: Amario.
1: Yeah. But yeah. he also goes by the name of Giovanni Bragolin. Bragolin. Okay. So he after World War Two, he started painting uh orphans, Italian orphans that had lost their parents. During the war uh just not not necessarily natural causes, but just orphans right, orphan boys, okay, boys, yeah, mm. boys, so there was some skepticism behind that, but nothing was ever proved, yeah, so right, either way he he started painting these orphan boys and it went on he painted about in the fifties after after World War two um and then sold till about the seventies, it was really popular, and the biggest. Purchasers were from England.
0: Okay, the buyers.
1: Correct. So the English buyers, buyers. English buyers. So a lot of people buy these pic- portraits for their home, of a crying boy, whatever. Oh. I mean, it wasn't. He wasn't like gush. It's usually just a. It's usually just a sad frown, and there's some. T- there's a tear or two coming down. And it, the it, British. As a reminder to what happened, I'm not sure. Okay. I'm right. not sure. Maybe it was, maybe, he, this, maybe he sold it as a charity thing. Maybe so the it was a did.
0: variety of different pictures of sad orphans. Does it? Is there one in particular? Does it have a title, name? Yes,
1: they call it the crying boy. Okay. So that's why it's, it's kind of misleading because there's multiple of them, but there's still some around. Mm-hmm. So what happened was since people bought bought these portraits – through about the 50s and 70s, bad things started to happen in terms of house fires. Okay. To each one of these things,
0: one of the owners,
1: each of the owners. Okay. So it it ended up being, I believe, from what I saw and read, was above 50 house fires. 50. 50. Jesus Christ. So in the 80s, it started taking off more. This house fires started happening, and there were some miscellaneous accidents, but a lot of them sounded. Just pure coincidence. Like, one even claimed, as soon as they bought the painting, a fish hook got on their uh, their private parts. Uh, right, so... So weird but the activity,
0: only, the, but...
1: But the only consensus thing that was conjoining all these was the house fires. Okay. And most of these house fires, the paintings would survive.
0: Well, that was going to be my next question. Perfectly intact, no problem.
1: There were some scorch marks and stuff on the edges, but the painting itself was fine. Okay. So in 85, the, the journal... Journal group, I guess you'd call them. I wouldn't say a magazine, but it's like a, a... Journal magazine. A media. Right, okay. Back in 85, The Sun releases the full story about it, and then this begins, like, the legend of the crying boy. So okay. Everyone's aware of it. So the people read about this, and they, they post all the stories about all the houses are being burned down, and it keeps happening. It's like a pandemic, kind of.
0: Right.
1: So people start panicking, and they actually end up sending their, their crying boy paintings to The Sun so the sun's you know, gathering them up, and then other w- people- We're
0: talking the journalists. The, the journalism. Not like someone's actual son. It's called the sun, okay. Yeah,
1: the sun, like S-U-N. Right. Like the sun.
0: So people who have copies of this start flooding the newspaper. Right,
1: so it's, it's flooding out now. All of Britain is aware of- The curse. The, the crying boy curse. Okay. So what their solution was, was to have a massive bonfire and- burn all the paintings
0: including the original
1: well that's the thing there's multiple originals of they're the all, same exact not the same exact they're all okay. different ones is what i'm saying okay there's a there's a picture that seems to be the stalemate or like the first one
0: the primary
1: the primary but for the most part all the ones that they created that this man painted you know, that was sold to britain you know he, he did it and then he sold them you make good money off of it. And so, either way, they had decided to have a massive bonfire. So, it's recorded that people burned his paintings due to the, the, the fear of the curse.
0: Now, did any of the paintings survive the bonfire?
1: No. So, so there, whichever one made it to the bonfire didn't make it. So, there's other ones that didn't make it. People decided to keep. Like, that's rubbish. It's whatever. Right. So, but. Rubbish. There's it, a British word for yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but there's no. After 80. After a couple of years, you know the story kind of dies out, so no one really notices anymore. But there's even a comedian—I forget his name—but it was pretty recent, like recent enough they put it on YouTube. Okay. So he he finds out he redigs up the legend or whatever, and he finds a, a painting, the one that looks kind of like the primary one, and he tries burning it for the video. And what it shows is the fire starts in the bottom right corner, and it just has trouble going up the canvas, the canvas itself. It ends up dying dying out. The fire. The fire. So okay. there's, there's a hole at the bottom, right? But it just stops.
0: I think I read something. Like, he spent the night with it or kept it for a couple Correct. of days? Correct. He,
1: he, he went and bought it. He stayed with it. He said it felt, it felt easy. He's like, yeah, I'm not taking any more chances. Let's just try to get this over with. So he tries to burn it, and it doesn't fully burn. So the, to, to debunk that, though, they did some a little bit of test or whatever you could do for that kind of painting. So they, they marked it down to as a possible that the artist, the Italian artist, was using some sort of anti-flammable, uh... Painting t- retarded, varnish? Retarded varnish.
0: Okay, well, in the 1950s, though? Well,
1: it, it must not have been... It must have been used on purpose to stop it. Oh. I'm not sure... So like I said, there's nothing that says debunks it, because when they wanted to find out more information about him, his studio had actually caught on fire.
0: Oh, the, the painter's studio? Yes,
1: and he was no longer alive.
0: Oh, did he die? He died in the fire? No. Oh, he just died. He just died. Okay. Like I said, I think I saw or heard something about this and it creeped him out, the comedian. And he even blogged it or journaled it. Mm-hmm. And like every day something weird would happen that was not normal. But. Right. So. I he, mean, nothing else caught on fire.
1: Right. So he never suffered the consequences of the bur- the crying boy. Right. So.
0: Maybe he didn't have it long enough. Maybe. And. Or. I mean, I I just think I remember reading something about it, and he was like, I got to get this thing out of here. This is not, something's not right with this thing. Right. Okay. So there is The Crying Boy, a painting, uh, one of many, done on orphans. And this must be a theme or something, because I'm going to discuss a painting that is called The Hands Resist Him by Bill Stoneham. Now, the picture, just so this is, I was not familiar with this one is basically the image of a, of a young boy. And he is not alone. He has He's the center of the painting for the most part. But next to him is a creepy-looking, dead-eyed doll. That's a girl standing up. And she's actually holding a battery, even though at first glance it doesn't look like a battery. And they're both standing in front of a glass panel door. And behind the glass panel, there's nothing but darkness, but you see these little hands... Okay, And they're like spectral hands pressed up against the glass. So And they're all in different positions, you know. This portrait is supposed to reflect the painter's personal opinion and experiences about adoption. Because he himself was put up for adoption. And he was adopted. And the title actually comes from a poem written by Bill's first wife, Roanne. So here's the background story. In 1972... Charles Fingarten of the Fingarten Gallery of Beverly Hills reached out to Bill and because Bill was living in Southern California with his first wife and asked Bill to do two paintings at the price of $200 per painting and one of them is this picture or painting called Hands that Resist Him. Now, like I said, it's a personal painting, it's him And he used an old photo of himself when he was five. And to him, the doorway represents a barrier between walking the real world and the dream world. And the doll is the one who guides him through the doorway and into a fantasy world. Now, he, again, sells it to the gallery. The gallery sells it. And for, like, the showing or the viewing, it actually catches the attention of the art critic, Henry this and and also actually catches the attention uh, and gets purchased by the actor named John Marley. Now, John Marley may not sound familiar, but you actually know him. He's the guy. He was Jack Waltz in The Godfather. Now, even if his character's name doesn't ring a bell, you know him best as the guy who refused The Godfather's offer. And he's the guy who finds the dead The
1: horse head in his bed in the next morning. Correct. Right.
0: So that's his famous scene. He's yeah, like, the only scene I know of What him. is this? Oh my god. That's my favorite horse. So between nineteen seventy eight and nineteen eighty four, these three men who are closest to this painting die. Zeldis, the art critic, dies in nineteen seventy eight, Finn Garten, the gallery owner, nineteen eighty one, and Marley in nineteen eighty four although he does actually sell the painting prior to his passing. Now, after its initial purchase, the painting actually disappears, and it's not seen again until 2000. And in 2000, an elderly couple finds it basically tossed, like in the garbage, abandoned basically, behind a former brewery that was that had been converted into an art space while still in California, so it's all still California. However, by February 2000, the couple lists this painting on ebay with this ominous uh, warning and description so i'm I'm going to read what they wrote we received this painting we thought it was really good art a quote-unquote picker had found it abandoned behind an old brewery at the time we wondered why a seemingly perfectly fine painting would be discarded like that today we don't one morning our four and a half year old daughter claimed that the children in the picture were fighting and came into our room during the night. Now, I don't believe in UFOs or Elvis being alive, but my husband was alarmed. To my amusement, he set up a monitor-triggered camera for the nights. After three nights, there were pictures. The last two pictures shown from the stakeout. After seeing the boy seemingly exiting the painting under threat, we decided that the painting had to go. Please judge for yourself. Before you do, please read the following warning and disclaimer. Warning, do not bid on this painting if you are susceptible to stress-related disease, faint of heart, or unfamiliar with supernatural events. By bidding on this painting, you agree to the release owners of all liability and retaliation for the sale of any events happening after the sale. That might be contributing to this painting. This painting may or not possess supernatural powers that could impact or change your life. So, and they even include, there's more to the description, but they even include the two pictures of the child.
1: Climbing out of the painting. Correct.
0: Correct. Now is, is, and, and the doll, like one of the pictures show the doll from the painting threatening the boy with the battery. But again, it looks like a little pistol. And again, like I said, the other one is the boy climbing out. So they just—I mean, like I said, the warning goes on, but basically, they're like, "This is legit."
1: This is your. This is your own taking.
0: Correct, and we're showing you the proof that this is—we're not making this up.
1: So why sell on eBay?
0: To get uh, great question, great question.
1: Someone threw it away and seemed pretty happy they threw it away.
0: No, they. they yeah, they got rid of it. Right. Because it was obviously bad juju,
1: so why don't they just throw it away too?
0: <laughs> Maybe they wanted their money. I, well, no, they found it for free. I don't have it,
1: yeah. I don't know. I,
0: well, either way, I mean, even in the warning, they're like, don't even copy this and use it as a computer background wallpaper or show it to juveniles or children. So, either way, this listing draws over 30,000 views. And... People start saying, people who view it are like, oh, my God, I don't feel good. People start fainting. They become overwhelmed with a sense of deep unease. Other people said they felt nauseous or irrationally terrified when looking at this picture. And there were even claims that children would actually run from just looking at it, while others were like, I'm hearing eerie, disembodied voices or feeling you know, hot gust of air. So, I mean, people just I, I ran oh. with this to the point, okay, that one person even burned sage in their house after viewing this painting, okay? Now, like I said, it was viewed over 30,000 views. It gets over 30 bids and ends up getting purchased by Kim Smith of Perception Gallery in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For $1,025. That's it? That's it.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: And that's where it is now. The painting has only been put out on display six times. And, you know, people who go and see it are like, it's really creepy. You know, they're not comfortable with it. It just makes... People just can't handle it. And for the most part, when it's not out on display, it's in the basement, like in the storage room. And even though... Stoneham Bill Stoneham actually did two sequels of this now infamous painting. There is nothing amiss with the other two, just that one. So, and again, it's about an orphan boy. So, that's I don't know. Maybe something about orphan boys. Well, maybe
1: he he put his heart and soul in the first one. The other two weren't as much. Or mm-hmm. I mean,
0: the doll is creepy. She's got no eyes. Right. I've seen I've
1: seen the I've seen the painting. And the weirdest part about it is the little hands at the door from the darkness. Mm-hmm. They didn't even notice the battery or whatever in her hand. The people say on the internet that they, they felt different watching it. Seeing it, yeah. It's kind of rough because it's like, well, what are they doing for attention? Right. I mean, they don't really gain anything. From, no one's going to remember, oh, you know, Fat Master 34. <laughs> wasn't feeling it that day or something on the comments.
0: Right. And really, honestly, this picture isn't...
1: It's not very good. No. It's not I mean, I don't I can't like least, I'm no artist. I don't, can't judge. I don't know. Regardless. So that makes it to Michigan and it's sometimes it's there, sometimes it's in the basement.
0: Correct. Most of the time it's so in it just kind of cycles
1: through. Correct. Okay. And it's just still there? As far as I know, yeah. yeah. Go Kim. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. Good luck, Michigan. <laughs> You're gonna be the reason why we have interdimensional portals.
0: Right. In Michigan. hmm
1: Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to go to Michigan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay so that was my first painting
1: yes yes the the what'd you call it the hands resist him the hands resist him you should check that painting out it's kind of weird it's it's definitely dark right yeah right I, there's no i mean i don't know, i i guess i understand the symbolic behind it but it almost looks like i don't know when you see the painting because he's he's literally standing with the doll it's like they're like the same height.
0: Uh, she's a little shorter, but for a doll, right, right, right. She's a kind of big.
1: And then the hands are, you know, it's your own interpretation. Uh, I guess that's that's why it's so valuable for for art. The hands at the own. window. Right. Well, the your interpretation of what art really means to you, the, the painting means to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. It seems like he was maybe he was possessed. <sighs> I don't know. It's just kind. Of, it's just a weird painting. It is. Regardless, okay, I guess I'll do my other one. So, one of the first stories we ever did was Madame Lalori. Correct. Remember her? Yeah. Yeah, it's recap. The crazy bitch who got away with it. Uh, The crazy bitch who had all those slaves and her attic torturing them. Torturing them, yeah. You know, just awful. Like, one of the first stories to be recorded of pure terror and awfulness. Yes. Her evil.
0: Pure evil is the exact wording. Right.
1: Right. So,. She's still not done. <laughs> <laughs> nah, she still did, but allegedly. So, what happened was so her property, like I said in the last podcast before, her property you know was renovated multiple times to you know bars to a museum to a, furniture uh, store furniture store to a school to every, to everything in between. So in the seventies, it was actually renovated to a. Apartment complex. It was like a higher up apartment complex. I don't know what that means. A okay. Higher up, well, above average apartments. Okay. Regardless, so time goes by, and then ninety seven, the the now properties, the owners of that establishment, they actually want to make portraits of all the previous owners, and one of them just happened to be Miss Miss Lalori. So, and that was ninety seven. They ask his name is Ricardo Pastino Pastanio. These guys get weird names. He was just a local artist, and he was he was tasked to do all these. So shortly after they put it up, it just already causes problems. People already feel uneasy around it. They the reports are even the the painting would shake so violently it would fall out of its its um, frame frame.
0: And we're talking just LaLaurie.
1: just LaLaurie. nothing okay. else, so th- it would just it would just hang up there and then just do its own thing mm-hmm.
0: do we think it's the spirits of the house like getting like no they report they
1: report it's her,
0: they believe it's her, they LaLaurie. believe it's her, okay,
1: now that you know, she's got her own she, no her, no one made a portrait of her in years, and they decided to make it in nineteen ninety seven okay so, right, so th- there's reports that it rocks so violently, it falls, it does its own thing, the residents would feel unnerved around it, they would hear faint voices, it could feel cold touches, because you know, people live there. Right. And there's just fucking painting.
0: So things are touching, cold things are touching It feels them?
1: that way to them. Okay. So, they would feel that, they would even spell smoke sometimes, and most of the times the shit would be missing. It would just go missing. Okay. Or moved in that. And it just wasn't good. I mean, just imagine living there and
0: you're like, put my keys right here. Well, not even just
1: it's just their clothes would go missing. Someone would be placed in the fireplace like someone was trying to burn them. Oh. I mean, nothing was ever started, no fires were started or anything. So, but everyone there felt the uneasiness of LaLaurie again. Okay. So. One tenant even claimed that the painting started whispering to her, and the sounds of footsteps started following her around her own apartment. And it felt like she was going to be tortured or something. She just she just felt that way, like
0: like a sense of like paranoia, someone's going to someone's
1: going to put me something put was me bad is going to happen. Her right. So eventually, they they say, okay, that's enough of the painting, and they the guy who originally made it. And they try you know, to say, What the hell? Why'd you do that? Why'd you make this painting, this catalyst for her to come back? He's like, I've made two other things of her. He's made other paintings of her, uh-huh. I guess, after that. Because okay. it was it was a well enough job. Right. But those ones had no no problems. Okay. Now then again, they weren't at LaLori's well, man previous mansions place.
0: Right. They we weren't so. placed in the house of evil.
1: Right. So then someone actually purchases it. And they doesn't mention the name who bought it, but the last reports were was that they just covered it up and they locked it away.
0: Okay, so it followed.
1: They did some Raiders of the Lost Ark bullshit <laughs> and put it away somewhere else. And uh, stamped it in a wooden box and put it somewhere.
0: Some warehouse somewhere. And they,
1: they won't reveal where the location's at. Okay. so
0: The evil followed, though.
1: Well, Yeah, he opened up this little door for her to come back or something. Right. They say they say it's either her, they claim it's a demon. I mean, same difference, I guess. She was pretty fucking evil. Right. So, I mean. Okay. Some Someone out there is playing Ghostbusters and t- taking care of this.
0: Not very and they're be- well. Well,
1: they're being very secretive because trying to find out who bought it and where they put it, it's not a thing. Right. Is it, is there, all the reports say it's just gone. It'll, it's, it'll it's sur-
0: resurface if it's still in existence. It's just a matter of time. It's
1: just the li- librarians hiding it somewhere. Okay. It's just someone
0: or pro- archaeologist professor. Okay. Oh yeah,
1: Indiana <laughs> Jones. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of kind of the more dark side of things, my next painting is called "The Painting of a Headless Man." So, sometime in the mid nineteen nineties, a woman by the name of Laura, an artist, began creating paintings from photographs and selling them. So she would, you know, get a a photograph and paint it and then she would like sell them at a local craft fair or you know fairs of such nature. And she ended up doing an oil painting from a photograph of a rusty wagon in front and an old-fashioned stagecoach in the back. Now, like I said she, she used a photograph as her you know her source of mm-hmm. inspiration. Her- And the photograph that she used was taken by photographer James Kidd. And in hindsight, when all this kind of goes down, when Kidd is asked about the image of the headless man, he swears that the headless man was not in the photo when he initially took the original picture, but that the headless man did actually appear during the development of the photo. So, he wasn't there when he clicked the camera, but the headless man was there when the photo got developed. And if you look at the picture, it looks like the headless man actually has his hands tied behind his back. So, this is
1: the one where there's literally, it's like an abandoned wagon. It right. looks like an abandoned wagon right in the middle. Correct. It's kind of blue. It's got like a teal blue color all around.
0: Yes. Yes. And then
1: right behind the wagon. Is the stagecoach. I don't know about the stagecoat, but you see the body.
0: Right. Okay, so if you're looking at you're the looking picture. You're looking straight at
1: it. There's the wagon, and the, on the left-hand side, of view, from your point of view, it's correct. the left-hand side. Is the
0: ha- on, headless guy.
1: Right. I thought he was hanging. I thought he was hanging behind the stagecoat. No,
0: you can see him standing on some wood or – or like a crate or something? Something like that. It's a log or something. You can see him standing, but his hands look like they're pulled back.
1: Right, so it looks like – so when you, when you are hung – you know, you kind of go,
0: right? You right. Just
1: kind of let your body fucking.
0: you you know, they usually they, they usually t- tie your feet hands, in your hands. hands behind your back. Right. Okay. So she paints this with the headless man, and she claims Laura that she had a hard time painting this. And while she was painting this, she sensed fear. She sensed dread. Your basic overall uneasiness. And she didn't really want to finish it, but she does. You know, she powers through. And then it ends up at a local office. And I couldn't find, you know, what local office this ends up at. But immediately, this picture creeps everyone the fuck out. They're like, hmm. And people of the office actually start to claim that as soon as the painting arrives, papers start going missing, objects would be moved in different locations when no one was looking. So like during the course of the day. Mm -hmm. And the painting itself would even move on its own, basically like, especially at night when everyone left and they would come back in the next morning and it would be shifted. So basically they would always find it crooked in the next morning. And after three days of this... You know, uh, just this uneasiness, this crazy paranormal shit going down. They're like, we're calling Laura. She's taking this back. So she does. She takes it. She actually ends up moving. She takes the painting with her. And just like at the office, things start happening immediately. Uh, She's heard knocking, bangs, footsteps, definitely noises, but she can't really define them. And all these things tend to happen in the vicinity of the actual painting. But, like, again, with the office, things were moving on their own. The doors in her house were starting to open by themselves. She had this strange situation where the roof was leaking. And even though professionals were called, they were like, I don't know. I don't know why it's leaking. This doesn't make any sense. So, in addition to all of this, even her dog is like, Oh, hells to the fucking no. The dog would stare at it, growl at it, or you know, growl at something invisible in a menacing way. And this was not really necessarily the behavior of the dog prior. The animal would basically be spooked and nobody else could see what the dog was seeing as well. I, I mean, there was even an incident where Laura apparently was drinking wine and the glass shattered in her hand and a large piece of the shattered glass actually just vanishes completely vanishes without a trace. So Laura shares this story with a friend and the friend proceeds to take several photographs of the painting to kind of study it further, kind of try to figure out, you know, what's going on here. And as the person was laying the prints out later at their own home, He claims that he ends up seeing the headless man standing in the corner of his room watching him. Like, he's doing, okay, I developed these, I'm looking at this, I'm going to study these. And all of a sudden, he sees this figure of a headless man standing in the corner of his room watching him. And that's when he was like, oh, fuck this. And he, you know, scoops them all up. He destroys all the photographs that he takes, and he basically is like, "You're on your own, Laura. I'm not doing this," and that was it. So there is something sinister in this situation. But again, the question begs, why don't you just destroy it or give it well, to? She th- still has it. The Warrens. With well, the Warrens, the Warrens are
1: dead. Right. She still has it though. Last Allegedly? I heard, yeah.
0: Wow,
1: yeah. it sounds like a lot of uh, you're watching Sidious. Yes. So you remember they, every time he, the guy would take a picture, the, the spirit would get closer and closer? Right. That sounds like some insidious stuff right there. Correct. So if he would have kept those pictures, kept taking pictures, I feel like that would have been the gateway for that whatever man to come through.
0: The headless man to get closer and closer to him.
1: Right. So, you know, it started off with the first picture of the, w- the original picture that the person. She t- well, she took orders, correct? She took orders from, like, oh, I'll paint that for you. Just got to give me the no, picture. No, no,
0: she just... She would find paintings or photographs, you know. I don't know where. Right. So, like, if I I took a picture of you, she would paint you.
1: Oh, okay. So, right. So then, you know, just dumb luck that she finds the one picture that's probably haunted, correct? And paints it, and then you know now there's it's moving closer. You know, you probably don't see it in the picture, but now in the painting it moves closer. Then he takes pictures of the painting, and so it's like a step by step by step by step. Correct. So one more picture and that dude would have been...
0: <laughs> Headless himself. Right.
1: <laughs> so that's pretty cool.
0: Right. You, I've dragged you to several art galleries around the world. I've had paintings myself. Mm-hmm. My favorite painting being Johannes Vermeer's The Lady in Blue Reading a Letter. No drama. No drama. I mean, it's still pretty sad, right? Well, you don't know. I don't know. And some days, I really think she's a reflection of you. Some days she's checking a grocery list, other days she's reading a sad letter from the boyfriend that just left her. I don't know.
1: I, that's what I thought it was. I thought it was a letter saying that someone had died or their loved one was gone.
0: Right. That's what I
1: figured it was.
0: That's interesting.
1: So, art.
0: Correct. It's up to your own interpretation unless it's cursing the shit out of you.
1: And it's not. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's no. Uh, the ghost won't be part of this too. <laughs> demons
0: okay so that's it that's all we have for you tonight so but i mean honestly just be careful out there when it comes to art i guess crying boys art's not open. even
1: safe nothing's safe anymore <laughs> can't buy children's toys can't buy art right can't have dolls can't have houses right i i don't know what what you can't do these days and not have the chance. So there's always the chance you'll so you'll have something possessed. It's never zero. Correct. Correct. Right. There's
0: always a slight possibility. And I mean this topic is just so cursed things is everywhere. I and I have no doubt we'll do a follow-up one because I already have cursed object in mind in the future for a future Uh-oh. episode. All right, on to business. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. I have a Facebook page, and if you are interested or curious, poke around. It's where the dark corners are. If you'd like to join, send me a request. However, in the meantime, if you'd have a place that you would someday like to see where their dark corners are, or have a specific tourist attraction in mind, or have a specific curse painting you'd like for us to talk about, send me an email at where the corners are at gmail.com. Final thoughts, Panda?
1: It's started to stay nothing's safe anymore. <laughs> Chances of being possessed are never zero.
0: Yes, there you go. So until next time, please remember, only the few can find the beauty in the darkness, which is why I hope to meet you where the dark corners are.